Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, the countdown to free agency has begun with only three days until it officially starts. We look at the big names who could be on the move. Plus, the Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant saga continues. Are the Nets possibly on the verge of losing both of their stars? Woj joins us with the latest. And should Kyrie and LeBron reuniting in L.A. scare the rest of the league? Draymond Green said he isn't worried. NBA Today tips off right now. All right, welcome to NBA Today. I'm George Sedano here in for Malika Andrews. He's NBA champion Matt Barnes, and it's free agency week, as you see right behind me here. The countdown clock is on. And look, Thursday is going to get crazy when officially it all opens for business. There are so many questions. What's going on in Brooklyn? Is anyone going to help LeBron and join the Lakers? What are the Knicks doing? I mean, there's a ton of questions. And of course, Woj, Brian Windhorst, Bobby Marks will stop by as well with some answers. So let's start with some notable storylines in free agency. All right, Zach Levine is set To be an unrestricted free agent, Levine has averaged over 24 points per game with the Bulls' second most in franchise history among players with at least 80 games, trailing only MJ. Then James Harden has until Wednesday to opt in or decline to his $47.4 million player option for next season. If Harden opts in, he'd be eligible to sign a two-year $102 million extension with Philly. And finally, Kyrie Irving has a $36.5 million player option. Woj reported that the Nets want Irving on a shorter deal, whether it's the player option for one year or a new two-year deal. We now welcome in ESPN senior NBA insider, Adrian Wojnarowski. So Woj, breaking it all down for us here now, what's the latest on Kyrie's future with the Nets and his timeline to make a decision? George, Kyrie Irving has until Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern, to make a decision on that $36.5 million player option uh, after you know if he opts out of it he can work with the Nets on trying to find a sign and trade elsewhere or he could opt out and sign uh, into cap space somewhere which would likely be if he did that that Laker six million dollar exception but listen that would cost him over 30 million dollars just on his player option and he could opt into Brooklyn but if he opts into that deal then, you know, essentially he could still be traded, but just as an expiring contract, there's no sign and trade. And right now I'm told around the league that outside of the Lakers, who certainly have interest in Kyrie Irving, there are no, there are, there are no sign and trade candidates lining up. Now with a sign and trade, you got to commit to at least three years on an extension. And the Nets, of course, would have to agree to take back whatever contracts, uh, assets they could get. So, uh, Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern again. That's when Kyrie Irving has to have a decision on that $36.5 million 
a player option for next season. Well, would you mention the Lakers have shown interest, but are the Nets showing interest in what the Lakers potentially have to offer? Uh, no. And listen, <laughs> they can't negotiate a sign and trade uh, until uh, once free agency starts. And so, but if you're Brooklyn, you know, you look at what LA has to offer or what they'd like to offer. And outside of certainly Anthony Davis or LeBron James, uh, there is not a package that perhaps would make sense for the Nets. And I think, you know, I think for Brooklyn, if Kyrie Irving walks, it certainly uh, puts them in a difficult situation with Kevin Durant, I think, but also the idea of taking back, uh, you know, significant contracts, money moving forward, that may not make sense. There, listen, it, I think for Brooklyn, if Kyrie Irving is going to get to the Lakers, uh, he's probably going to have to opt out of that deal and sign at that right, what right now is a $6 million uh, taxpayer mid-level exception. Okay. Now, how does all this impact Kevin Durant at the moment? Significantly. And certainly, Brooklyn knows they've left themselves vulnerable for a trade request with Kevin Durant if Kyrie Irving leaves. And so, clearly, Irving wants a long-term deal in Brooklyn. It doesn't appear that that is that, that, that the Nets' resistance remains to doing that. Kevin Durant wants to play with Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. Uh, certainly, I think he's been tried to be helpful in, in leveraging Kyrie Irving uh, to get that deal with the Nets. Uh, it's not happening. It hasn't happened yet. And so certainly there are a lot of teams in the league lining up uh, if Kevin Durant becomes uh, on the trade market, if he asks out of Brooklyn. He's got four years left on his contract, which means if you trade for him, you have him. Uh, he can't become a free agent for you. He's going to play for you. And there may have, if he does end up on a trade market, George, there's probably never been a player quite his stature, uh, certainly at the top of his game, who would be available to teams out there. You look at trades like Paul George in Oklahoma City to the Clippers, Anthony Davis to the Lakers. You would imagine that those would be starting points if you're the Nets. Uh, when you look at the kind of assets that you would want back for Kevin Durant. All right, so I'm, I, we're not going to hold you to this. So aggregators out there, chill out for a second. Uh, uh, there'll be 29 teams lined up for Kevin Durant in that situation is the guess. But how many of those could potentially be, and it just could be a round number, uh, are realistic in regards to both giving the Nets what they would want for Durant and Durant also being enticed to play there? Well, the, the second part of that, George, he's not really going to have say where he plays. He could be traded anywhere. He doesn't have a no trade. Now, there's certainly teams would measure, do we want to take on a Kevin Durant who's not enthusiastic about being here, but you know Kevin Durant loves to play, how competitive he is. And with four years left on his deal, he's going to have to play. And so that opens up, I think, lots of possibilities around the league. I think you look at rosters. You look at teams with, with high-level players, probably 25 and under, draft picks and of course you know teams can use third teams fourth teams to do bigger deals to get the nets the kind of assets they might want if that team doesn't have them so certainly there's an ability to get creative out there but you're right uh, i think 29 teams maybe 28 i don't know if a return to golden state would be in the cards uh, but certainly 28 and and i think and i think you would also have to surmise probably a trade to the knicks in town 
that would probably be a tough one. But if teams are willing to gather up the biggest pool of assets, you know, I would imagine, and, and, and teams are preparing for that idea, uh, you would imagine that the Kevin Durant trade sweepstakes, if we get there, uh, would, would be perhaps unlike anything we've seen uh, in this modern era. My goodness. Could be an interesting time here in the next couple of days. He's the best in the business, Agent Wardjanowski. Woj, thank you so much for the time, man. Appreciate it as always. Thanks, George. You got it. All right, we All now right. bring in Matt Barnes and senior NBA writer and host of the Hoop Collective podcast, Brian Winhorse. So, guys, you heard what Woj had to say there. There are no teams outside of the Lakers interested in a Kyrie sign-and-trade. Matt, what's your reaction? This is what makes the NBA so great, is that we're, what, a week and a half, two weeks removed from the championship, and this news that Kevin Durant could possibly be moving, Kyrie Irving can possibly be going to the Lakers. Who knows what happened with Bradley Beal? So I love all this. Now back to your question, am I surprised to hear that teams aren't jumping at Kyrie Irving? Yes and no. Yes, because obviously we know when he's locked in, he's one of the best, and no, because he just has, hasn't shown that he has been locked in. So to answer your question, no. So, Brian, how do folks around the league see this situation playing out? This is a grade A stare-down <laughs> between the Nets and Kyrie Irving. And where they've moved it is instead of the discussion being about the extension, the discussion is now about this option. And with Woj's reporting and the message that we're, is being sent around the league is that the Brooklyn Nets... And then before I say this, this, is, this is, could just be a negotiating position, but the message the Brooklyn Nets are sending is that they are willing to risk losing Kevin Durant mm. if it means going through what they went through last year with Kyrie Irving. They just cannot have him back under the same terms that, that they had last year. I think they will be willing to welcome him back under different terms, both contractual and an understanding with the organization. But if it costs them both players to avoid a repeat of last year, they are sending the message that they are willing to do that. That has sent ripple effects throughout the league over the last four or five days. There are now teams all across the league talking about what it would take to get Kevin Durant. I have talked to several star players agents in the last 24 hours whose teams have come to the star player and said, how do you feel about playing with Kyrie Irving? How do you feel about playing with Kevin Durant? Teams are preparing for this contingency. Now, the, the, the real thing is, would Kyrie Irving actually be willing to walk away from that money? And it's clear that the Nets I wouldn't say it's clear. It seems to me that the Nets want Kyrie to opt in because that relieves the pressure a little bit and it buys more time. He can negotiate for, for a period of time. He doesn't have to decide on the extension. Um, you know, this week they, they can try to figure things out. It removes the immediate pressure. And I think that's probably the best because at the end of the day, the Nets don't want to lose Kevin Durant. The Nets could have a, could have a very good team for next year. They could still have Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons and, and, uh, and Joe Harris back and Seth Curry that could be a very competitive team they don't want to blow this up but they are willing to bring it to the precipice to blow it up to try to get what they want and this is a situation we've just never seen with Kevin Durant hanging potentially in the balance so Matt let me ask you about this okay with this KD Kyrie situation if Kyrie did all of a sudden say you know what I'll blow off $30 million and I'm going to sign with the Lakers as a player, right? I mean, the last thing you want to do is give up money. He will now have relinquished money on a number of occasions. How do you think the players will react to that and the players association and the guys around the league? 
Uh, I mean, it doesn't really matter what they think. I mean, Kyrie is free to do. We saw he lost a big chunk of money last year, around $15 million for the, the situation that took place. It wouldn't surprise me, and I don't think it would surprise anyone if he opts out of this money. Kyrie has done very well off the court, very intelligent businessman, very intuitive. And if he signs this Laker deal, there's always so much more, I'm sure, they're going to try to pitch them where we can get you money off the court to subsidize what you lost. So if he opts out of this, some people are like, oh, he would really opt out of $30 million. To me, nothing would really surprise me, especially if he decides to opt out and go play where he is, is going to be happy and, and wants to play. And we know if Kyrie is happy and wants to play, he's going to make that team better. Brian, one last question on this situation, then I want to move on to something else. Um, what would be realistic for a Kevin Durant trade in regards to framework and the type of teams that we'd be looking at that he would be willing to play for? Although he doesn't have control in this situation, we both know that in this sport, generally the players, the star players, will have some set. It's kind of unprecedented, George, to have a player still, in my view, in his prime, under contract for four years, potentially getting traded of this caliber. It just never happened. It just it's very difficult to come up with a price. But when you look at the net situation, you have to understand they don't control their draft pick for the next five drafts. They traded it away in both the picks and swaps to the Houston Rockets for James Harden. So the concept of them doing a rebuild is not really realistic. So you would think that they would want players back as opposed to a, a package built around draft picks. They're hoping it doesn't come to that, but the actions that they're taking have them dangerously on that path. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see because I would imagine all the uh, or most of the title contenders will be interested in at least kicking the tires on a potential Kevin Durant trade if he does become available. All right. Still to come here on NBA Today. I'm not sure we've even seen or ever seen a rookie call out LeBron ever. At least I don't remember it. We'll discuss whether that was a smart move or not. Plus, Damian Lillard took to social media for his recruitment of Kevin Durant. Look, you can't blame Dame for taking a shot, right? And the latest on Brittany Griner's detainment. Our ESPN investigative reporter, TJ Quinn, joins us with some new information. More NBA Today, coming after the break. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. NBA Today is brought to you by Duracell, engineered for more. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Now it's time to go coast to coast around the association. All right, let's get it. First up, Pacers number six pick Ben Matherin is looking forward to his first game against LeBron James saying, quote, I want to see how great he is. I don't think anybody is better than me. He's going to have to show me he's better than me. All right, Matt. How do you feel about Ben calling out LeBron? I like this, and I think LeBron probably laughed about it too. Obviously, he knows how good LeBron is, but it's going to be a nice little matchup. All right, next up, Steve Clifford has agreed on a deal to become the Hornets coach again. Clifford led the franchise to two playoff appearances in a five-year run that ended in 2018. Brian, is Steve Clifford the right person for the job again? 
Well, he knows the circumstances that exist in Charlotte. There's some complicated uh, terms around there, and he was he knows it, and so that's why he came back. And finally, unrestricted free agent Malik Monk said he's open to taking less money to return to the Lakers. The most the Lakers could offer Monk is their taxpayer mid-level exemption, which is worth approx approximately $6.3 million, which they could be saving for Kyrie. Matt, the Lakers were a mess last season, but are they still a viable destination for free agents, in your opinion? I think so, just because L.A. is so amazing, and you have LeBron and A.D., so it there's is. a chance to always, you know, but those two, it covers up a lot of mistakes. Uh, Malik Monk will say that now, and we'll see what's thrown at him, but if it's not anything that's, you know, this is something I used to do, which I kind of regret now, where I would take two, three, sometimes maybe even four million less to stay on a team that I thought can win, and I think, obviously, Malik Monk thinks the Lakers can possibly win, so we'll have to see. So, Wendy, let me ask you this. Is it ever okay to take less money? No. <laughs> You just answer for him? <laughs> you know, I got to say, you know, I remember talking to Matt's agent back in the day when they were trying to get him in Cleveland, and they were just like, he's like, he doesn't want to come there. So I, I remember covering those stories. But uh, I also remember getting, um, getting a lecture from Mike Bibby one time when Mike Bibby took $5 million less to go play for the Heat, $5 million he never got back. And he was like, listen, it's my money. It's not yours. I can decide to do with it what I will. But... Malik Monk is in a different situation. Malik Monk is younger in his career. He hasn't made the big paycheck yet. I think he's worth at least double that on the market this year. Whether he gets it or not, we'll see. So um, I'm sure the Lakers would love to have him back at $6 million, but I would be stunned if, the, if he couldn't get more. All right, now to a story that took over social media this weekend. Dame Lillard shot his shot at KD, the Blazers' sharpshooter, made a not-so-subtle pitch for KD on his Instagram story posting this photoshopped image that you see here. Hey, I mean, they look nice together. I'll tell you that. Their game would look nice. But, Brian, do you love or hate Dame Lillard shooting a shot at KD via Instagram? Listen, I thought real G's moved in silence like lasagna. <laughs> That's what I was told. And, uh, you know, you don't speak outside the family. Uh, you know, Dame and KD played on the Olympic team in Tokyo mm -hmm. last year. I'm sure Dame's got his number, and I'm sure if Kevin Durant became available, uh, Dame would love it if the Blazers got in line. But there are going to be a whole bunch of other teams in line, and it's going to take a lot more than a Photoshop to get him. <laughs> so, Matt, do you think the KD recruitment from players around the league is now going to be in full effect? I mean, KD's, quote-unquote, that pretty girl that everyone wants that wouldn't mind having, you know, hang out with. So I, I can imagine that everybody should and want to take their shot. You know, everyone is closely everyone is very closely watching as reported this Kyrie situation. Obviously, Kyrie leaves, that's a big deal, but more importantly, that means Kevin Durant can possibly leave. So I wouldn't be surprised if I was Bradley Beal, I'd be shooting that shot right next to him. Come on home, KD, come play with me. Uh, those two guys in particular have been very loyal to their teams, and it would be dope to see if KD go to you. All right, spots. that's an interesting situation, but now we can play. We'll, we'll play a little fantasy GM here. So, Matt, we'll start with you, and Wendy, you can piggyback off of him. Where do you want to see KD play next season? Have you had your choice of any of the teams in the league, all 30? That's tough. I'm going to give you a couple. I'd like to see him Miami, Boston, and a wild card. Go back to Golden State. What? Go back to Golden State? Why not? It wasn't broke. Okay. It wasn't broke. Okay. Wasn't broke. Okay. Wendy? Listen, I'm all for player agency, and I'm all for the guys getting to do whatever they want. They earn the right to, to have options. But I think it's a bad trend in the NBA for players not to honor their contracts. And, and, I, and I know that that is a complicated issue, but um, I'd like to see Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving 
playing for the Nets. I think they have the potential to be a great pairing, and I'd like to see it actually happen. And um, I think it's really be unfortunate if this happens, especially for a Nets fan base. That I mean, what do you tell a Nets fan base that got that has a guy under a four-year contract says I don't want to be there? So I know that may not be popular amongst players, but. That's that's my viewpoint. And I agree. Uh, obviously, being a former player, I completely agree with you. I think the best scenario is to bring all these guys back. You have a healthy Ben Simmons, a healthy Joe Harris. But if it all does break down, and jo uh, George and I were talking about this at the break, think about everything that the Nets gave up to bring in all three of these guys and no longer Harden's already in Philly. Your two guys are still left in Brooklyn. But if they, what if they possibly, like, this is – obviously, I'm a former player, so I'm all pro player, pro power, get your money. But this really leaves the Nets in a bad place if this kind of just blows up uh, this summer. Right, but here's the thing. If, if let's say the nuclear option happens and Kyrie and Kevin Durant are both headed elsewhere, the Nets are going to be able to get a haul that you discussed, Brian, and Woj discussed that we've never seen before. They're going to get players – they won't be Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but they're going to be able to get players who are – ready-made all-star caliber players, I believe. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just pie in the sky. And they're probably going to be on the younger variety, more on the Ben Simmons timeline. And they'll still be able to get a ton of picks and recoup that stuff. Am I wrong to think that, Brian? I mean, if you're telling me that maybe they can take a step back and be a potential contender for a playoff spot in two or three years, yeah. But again, like if you, you look what the Thunder did when they traded Paul George, when they traded Paul George and Russell Westbrook and basically said, we're going to start over. That'd be a similar situation that the Nets were in. The Thunder have their draft picks. And as they're rebuilding here, they're rebuilding with their picks. Josh Giddy was their pick. Chet Holmgren is their pick. That's what they're building on. That's what their fans are now excited about. The Nets mm. wouldn't have control of their picks. They traded. Like, if you're the Houston Rockets, you are cheering for chaos. You're oh, cheering sure. for Kyrie to opt out and be gone. You're cheering for Because now the Rockets, mm -hmm. and even like the Rockets rebuild with, with Harden, the picks that they made, Paolo Banchero, that's their pick. Jalen Green, that's their pick. Their rebuild is based on their own uh, picks. The Nets wouldn't have control of it. Uh, and, and so uh, it's, it's, a, it's a bad situation for the league if that would happen to them. But again, they are, they are taking steps to put themselves on that path, which is why this is a situation I've never seen before. And I truly can't believe. And my, my instincts is like this has got to be a negotiating position that they're not actually going to do this because we still have 48 hours. Mm. But I can only tell you what the message is out there in the league. Brian, l let me ask you this then. And, and look, you may not know the answer to this, but it, it, is everyone aligned in Brooklyn in, from the front office to ownership on this stance that they're taking, particularly with Kyrie, which could then obviously... I know that the, that the ownership in Josai does not want a repeat of last year. And, and Josai is the person driving this. So you can, okay. inst you, can, you can be assured that the moves that they're making come from ownership. Okay, fair enough. All right, coming up on NBA Today, could the Nets just walk away from Kyrie entirely? All right, we'll have more on that with our front office insider Bobby Marks and what those ramifications could be if Brooklyn does lose Kyrie and maybe, maybe even perhaps KD. Plus the latest update on free agents like James Harden and Zach Levine. Could either of them be wearing different jerseys next season? We'll get into that. And would the Lakers be title contenders if Kyrie and LeBron were to reunite in L.A.? We ask our panel. We're just getting started, man. Stick around on NBA Today. Keep it locked. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Curry, left hand. He would not be stopped. Mark it. Time of death. Fires three-pointer. Bang! Here's the signature. Night, night. Jiggin' Smith did the Steph Curry 99. Nighty night. Andrew McCutcheon. A two-run home run. Sabrina Yonescu. But everybody to bed here in Atlanta. The sports world seems to be channeling Steph Curry, putting the Celtics to bed. Might we be saying goodnight to the Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving era in Brooklyn as well? Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm George Sedano, joined by NBA front office insider Bobby Marks and senior writer Brian Winhorst. Bobby, we just had Woj on earlier, and Brian's been on here. Um, and Woj said there are no teams besides the Lakers interested in a Kyrie sign and trade, but. Brooklyn isn't believed to have interest in any Laker packages at the moment. So, Bobby, you lived this life 20-plus years in NBA front offices. What is the craziest possible outcome in this Kyrie KD situation? Well, I mean, I think the probably the craziest is that we get to training camp and the roster basically consists of Ben Simmons, right, as far as no Kyrie Irving and certainly no Kevin Durant if that's going to be the domino effect if – Let's say Irving does go to the Lakers for significantly less money or there is a trade to be to be worked out here. So I think I think that's kind of the I guess the, the craziest thing is that it will be a package of younger players that Steve Nash has when we get into uh, get into the training camp, because I don't see a, um, a path for Kyrie Irving to get himself to another team, whether it be in a sign in trade or um, even if he opts in, in in trades, unless, you know, Brooklyn's willing to take back. Um, players that are rotational players. And then what does that mean if Kevin Durant asks out and now you're stuck with these type of players? So um, a lot lot to be worked out here. (laughs) A lot to be worked out. Brian, how do you feel about it? What could be the craziest scenario here? Well, so I think it's important to realize that when you talk about a sign and trade, that the Lakers would be, it would be very difficult for the Lakers to pull it off, even if they had a package that the Nets liked, because it would hard cap them, which Bobby can explain to you. And I'm not so sure they could even fill out a roster under a hard cap situation. What the Nets, I think, want is they want Kyrie to opt into that contract. And so then you can open up a whole different set of options, whether it's to bring Kyrie back or to have Kyrie get traded on that one-year contract, which seems to be what Kyrie may also potentially want if he opts into it. So, you know, the issue is, I, I know that what you what, what is wanted by the fans here is, here's the five teams that can make the offer for Kyrie, and, or here's the five teams that can make an offer for Durant, and then need to go point by point, and we may get to that point. But the issue that we don't understand and that we can't possibly comprehend is if Kyrie Irving leaves and Kevin Durant does want to, to be moved, where Durant's leverage would be with four years left on his contract. He just would not have a leverage position. And it would really be um, 
something we've never seen before. And so, like, I can sit here and tell you I could see why Kevin Durant would want to go to the Miami Heat or I could see why Kevin Durant would want to go to the Phoenix Suns because those are teams that with him, they could trade for him and with him would be championship contenders. But I don't know if the Nets have any reason to, to consult Durant on where he would get traded because he's got four years on his contract. We just saw this with Ben Simmons, who had four years on his contract. We ended up in a six-month mess. And Simmons' trade value was very low because of what happened to him last season. Durant's trade value would be extraordinarily high. It wouldn't be incumbent on the Nets to find any offer. So I find this very unpredictable, and I still have a hard time feeling or seeing that the Nets are going to go down this path, but that is the precipice of where they're at. So former Net and current Sixer James Harden also has a player option on the table at the moment, $47 million. So Bobby... What are the ramifications if Harden opts into that deal? Yeah, I think if he opts into that number, that basically eliminates them from going out and maybe going uh, to assign a player like P.J. Tucker for your, um, you know, your full mid-level exception, which would be right about $10.5 million. Remember, they did the draft night trade when they traded Danny Green for DeAnthony Melton, and by taking back that $8 million in salary, that actually puts them over the, sal- the luxury tax here. So if you're Philadelphia, what you would want to do, and I know you guys talked about as far as leaving money on a table, you would want Harden to kind of opt out of that contract, sign at a little bit of a lower number to give you more flexibility to go out and sign a player like P.J. Tucker because right now how the finances are, you don't have that you don't have that option here unless maybe you trade one of your other players uh, under contract. So Harden opts in. It basically leaves them with that taxpayer mid-level exception. The biggest name of unrestricted free I, agents. I is, oh, go ahead, Brian. Sorry. I don't think I think the drama in Philadelphia is what happens with their roster beyond James Harden. I don't think it's drama with James Harden. I think one player to watch would be Tobias Harris, who is extension eligible. And if an extension becomes an issue there, whether they do an extension or look about trading him, I think Harden is back and the Sixers moves in the next week are about rebuilding their depth. Okay, fair enough. Now, Brian, let me ask you about Zach Levine, uh, who is an unrestricted free agent at the moment. What are you hearing about his future in Chicago? There's no movement. There's nothing on the on the in the uh, in the winds right now about Zach Levine being anywhere but the Bulls. The uh, belief in the league is that Levine is going to be back to Chicago on a on a long-term contract. He did have knee surgery in the offseason, so there's concern there. But the Bulls uh, are comfortable with bringing him back, and really, the Bulls can't afford to lose him, which which they ultimately knew, and Zach Levine ultimately knew, and it's probably going to work out to a huge contract that sets him up uh, in a, in a pay range where he really belongs after his All-Star season. Than last year. So, Bobby, I feel like I could ask this question pretty much every day of the year, but what are the Knicks doing? Well, they're, they're earmarked towards going free agent shopping. I mean, you saw it the night of the draft when they made the trade with Charlotte and Oklahoma City. And um, it's interesting, that trade with Detroit still is not finalized to move Kemba Walker um, and the, uh, I believe it's the, uh, the pick from, from Charlotte here. They're sitting at right about $13 million in cap space entering the offseason. So there are still some moves that they're going to need. They're likely going to have to probably waive a player like Taj Gibson, who's on that $5.1 million non-guaranteed contract right so that that gets you to that 18 million dollar number if you're going to go out and get a player like Jalen Brunson it will probably cost you north of 23 24 million dollars so who's the next player to go is it Alec Burks is it Nerlens Noel it's likely going to be have to be one of those two players so 
they're going free agent shopping. They've made it known at the night of the draft. Is it going to be a player like Brunson? I, I think it's fascinating if, if Dallas comes in and, and he goes back to Dallas. Now what are you left with all that room for? Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how it all unfolds for sure. Front office insider here at ESPN, Bobby Marks. You're the best, buddy. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, Brian, you stick around because coming up next, we have the latest on WNBA star Brittany Griner's detainment and the possibility of her release. More NBA Today after the break. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Welcome back to NBA Today. It's been 130 days since Brittany Griner was arrested at a Moscow airport for allegedly having cannabis oil. Today, Griner appeared in court and had her trial date set for Friday, July 1st. She was ordered to remain in custody for the duration of the trial. If convicted on charges of, quote, large-scale transportation of drugs, Griner could face up to 10 years in prison. For more, we're now joined by ESPN investigative reporter T.J. Quinn. T.J., thank you for joining us. T.J., you've been at the forefront of the reporting since Griner was detained on February 17th. What was your biggest takeaway from today's court appearance? That there was nothing surprising about it. From the time in May that it was clear that Russia was willing to trade Brittany Griner's freedom uh, for somebody that the United States has from Russia, Everything else from there is theater. They are going to act like this is a normal legal proceeding because that's what they do. It needs to look legitimate. But the fact is, it's a step in a negotiation. You could have plotted out then. She'll be charged. She'll have a trial. She'll probably be convicted. The likely outcome is still going to be that there's a negotiated release for her. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen in two years. You, you just don't know. But it's all expected, and it's all part of what Russia does to stir up things politically in this country so that it looks like legitimate process. So what are your expectations as far as length of the trial once we get started? What does a timeline look like? Uh, the people I've spoken to said that, that they really don't know what's going to happen. Um, these, it's a show trial, and it's going to be something quick uh, for the most part. They'll present some sort of evidence. But here's a key thing for an American audience. It doesn't matter what the evidence is. They'll probably convict her because that's what you need to do for leverage. They may have compelling evidence that she did exactly what they say she did. They may have specious evidence. They may have completely fabricated evidence. But it really, for the purposes of this trial, it doesn't matter. It's a negotiation tactic. Is there any strategy for her defense here? It's, it's an interesting question. I mean, strategy in terms of trying to convince a judge that you know, my client should be acquitted. Well, the, the, the decision's pretty much been made uh, by somebody far above the judge. What they can do, that the real jo job of the attorneys all along is to simply try to make sure she's being taken care of, try to keep good communications with prosecutors. But there's not a lot you can do in terms of a legal strategy, hoping for an outcome inside the courtroom. 
TJ, thank you so much for your reporting on this story. I encourage everyone at home to head over to TJ's Twitter, at TJ Quinn, for more insight into the case against Brittany Griner. Thank you, TJ. Thanks. Update here for you. The start date for Griner's trial, as I mentioned, has been set for July 1st, and she was ordered to remain in custody for the duration of her criminal trial. More than four months after she was arrested at a Moscow airport for alleged cannabis possession, a Russian court has set the start date of the U.S. basketball star again for July 1st. So we'll have more, obviously, and uh, Godspeed to Brittany Griner. Still come, still to come here on NBA Today, Draymond said he isn't worried about Kyrie and LeBron if they were to reunite with the Lakers. But should he be? We'll discuss that as we get back to basketball in just a moment. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. It's been a long road. I was letting the team down at a point where I wasn't able to play. I never wanted to just be about me. I paid a heavy cost. Where do we go from here? I know. When I say I'm, I'm here with Kev, I think that it really entails us managing this franchise together. Welcome back to NBA Today, where all eyes are on Kyrie Irving and if he will return to the Nets or perhaps end up in Los Angeles with the Lakers. Draymond Green, who clearly wants all the smoke, shared his thoughts on Kyrie and how he would fit with LeBron and the Lakers, saying, quote, with LeBron, if you give him someone like Kyrie, they'll have a chance because of the way Kyrie can score the basketball. LeBron will only put him in position to do that. Kyrie has not proven to be a great leader. LeBron will put an umbrella over that. If you can do that, what you're good at, you have LeBron leading, they could contend. But they won't beat us. <laughs> Quote, unquote. Wendy, I'll start with you. What's your reaction to Draymond's comments? I happen to agree with every single syllable of that. Um, I will say, though, when you're less than a week off a championship, you can say whatever you want because you don't think you're ever getting beaten. I'll go back to 2016, right after the Cavs, uh, you know, beat the Warriors and Kevin Durant signed with the Warriors. They were like, yeah, we'll still beat them. No problem. That was actually a problem. Um, it's not That's what I kept to point out with the Lakers. It's not like they are standing at the meat counter choosing between filet mignon and rack of lamb and all that kind of stuff. Stuff. They have one option at a star player to make a difference. That's Kyrie Irving. It is not a perfect 
fit personality wise. But in my view, and you people could argue with me on this and I wouldn't necessarily win the argument. In my view, LeBron has never had a better basketball fit with somebody other than Kyrie Irving. The way Kyrie plays and his ability to play on and off the ball, the ability to create his own shot and allow LeBron to rest while he's playing in addition to rest on the bench while also being to be a great catch and shoot player is the perfect player to play alongside LeBron, which is why they were dominating. They, they, they had a team that was good enough to win the title in 2015, Kyrie got hurt. They won in 2016 um, when Kyrie was healthy, and in 2017 they ran up against maybe the best team in, of all time, and had that been most other years in NBA history, they might have won a championship in 2017. Kyrie and LeBron are terrific together. They're older, but if they got together, the Lakers would absolutely be vastly improved. Um, I don't know if I could say there's a championship team. I don't know who else is going to be on the roster. They have six guys under contract right now. But certainly it would be a huge step forward for the Lakers. And in a situation they find themselves in, which is a very narrow way they can improve, it would be like a miracle happening if they got Kyrie Irving. <sighs> yeah, I feel you, Matt. I feel you. Recalibrate for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, Wendy said it perfectly. They, the way they balance each other out. And, and something that Draymond said. Kyrie doesn't have to be the leader here. Kyrie can just fall in place and be himself. And if Kyrie is committed to playing, like I said earlier, you know that's going to make the team better. If they can have Anthony Davis healthy but throw those three guys, granted, we don't know what the rest of the roster is like, and it could be one of those top-heavy situations. But if you're trying to tell me that Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James are all on the court playing and healthy, you definitely have a chance to do whatever you want to. Yeah, I think, look, what it does is it puts them in a situation where I don't think they're in the play-in area anymore, right? Like, I think that they're going to be in a highly contested Western Conference with teams being healthier this year, a la the Clippers. I, I think they can be in that top six, uh, as long as they get relative health from those guys. So, they, but Brian's point is, is 100% on here because the Lakers don't have a lot of options here to make this at least a contender for a title outside of this Kyrie Irving situation particularly if he comes at the $6.5 million or whatever the taxpayer mid-level is. So, Brian, outside of Kyrie and KD, what other offseason storyline will you be watching closely? Well, I'm watching the Lakers because I'm looking to see just to figure out how they're going to improve this roster, how they're going to deal with the Russell Westbrook situation. By the way, if Kyrie signs that mid-level exception, what are they going to do with Russ? Uh, stay tuned on that sucker. But uh, also, we have a LeBron James contract extension situation. Now, it's not something that has to be decided or dealt with now. He can't even extend until the first week of August, so we have a month. But is LeBron going to extend his contract with the Lakers? If they got Kyrie Irving, I think there's a good chance that he will. If they don't, I don't know what he's going to do. So, as usual, I think the Lakers are at the top of the list. I, I'm fascinated to see what they're going to do with their limited options in this offseason. And they are looking right now. There is, they're, they're kind of sitting on the sidelines waiting for something to develop. But they are as as interested parties as you could possibly be. If you're a Laker fan, you are pacing in front of your phone and your TV waiting for news on Kyrie Irving because it could affect the way the entire next season goes. I think Wendy is right. The Lakers are always in the offseason, no matter what the crazy headlines are, are the must-watch team to see what happens. So I agree with there. But an individual player, and I'll keep it short and sweet, I just Brad Bill, is he going to opt out and then opt, or excuse me, is, is he going to uh, sign that extension uh, that max contract that, uh, you know, everyone's talking about. You know, obviously this guy has been committed, similar to Dame Lillard, on bringing a winner to D.C. 
uh, although management has made some improvements, they haven't made drastic improvements. And this guy is in the prime of his career right now and, uh, you know, waiting for that opportunity. So is he going to test the waters? Is he going to take this money and stay in D.C. in hopes that they can put something around him? Will he, or will he just stay there and, and, and be handsomely paid and be loved by the city of D.C. and kind of ride off into the sunset? So to me, that's interesting because, like I said, I, I'd love to see him put himself in a position where he can actually contend for a title. Well, I have two. One of them, I mean, obviously the Lakers for sure are at the top, as Brian said, and you uh, agreed with Matt. But um, with the Beal situation, we've been talking about Bradley Beal potentially moving since like 2018. So we're like on four years of is Bradley Beal going to stay in D.C. or move? And I Look, based on the way things are going now, where we're talking about Kevin Durant with four years left on his deal and Ben Simmons moved with four years left on his deal, just because he signs the Supermax doesn't guarantee anything, I think, at this point about his stability in Washington unless Bradley Beal wants to make sure that he tells us that he's going to be in Washington for the rest of his career. So I am curious to see what happens there because I think that Bradley Beal could be an integral part to a championship team whether that's in D.C. or not, we'll have to see. The other part of the equation is I want to see what Donovan Mitchell does somewhere. I want to see if Utah can't figure this out, what are they going to do between Gobert and Mitchell? Are they going to figure that out? Is one of them gone? Are both of them gone? Are they going to have to rebuild? What the situation in Utah to me is interesting, particularly with Donovan Mitchell, because I feel like Donovan Mitchell has to carry the entire weight of the offense in Utah, whereas if he goes to another contender type, that may not be the case. So all the stuff that we that maybe the shortcomings, let's call them, that people have about Donovan Mitchell – won't be as magnified, potentially, because he won't have as big a burden on the offensive end. I'd like to see if that ends up materializing somewhere. Anyway, coming up, we'll have more for you in a moment. But Saturday afternoon, we'll have the first game of Summer League, the fourth annual California Classic, where the Lakers are taking on the heat at 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific on ESPN2 and the ESPN app. But still to come on NBA Today, we have a special edition of Top of the Top from the restricted free agent class. Don't miss it. NBA Today, back in 60 seconds. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. This year's group's of restricted free agents is headlined by DeAndre Ayton, Miles Bridges, Anthony Simons, and Colin Sexton. The group also includes a pair of young big men in Mo Bamba and Marvin Bagley III. But before we dip out of here, man, we got to get you a top of the top restricted free agent edition. Let's roll here. Jumpers on this list. Yes, sir. First, Miles Bridges is going to go baseline here. He's going to jam it. No, he gives you the jelly there, Matt. George, he bet on himself this last offseason. It's going to pay dividends this offseason. Looking for his big contract, but great move. All right, DeAndre Ayton, Miles Bridges, Colin Sexton, Anthony Simons. There's a lot of guys in this particular group. Let's go next up, Anthony Simons here. Check this out. Look at those handles. Yes. His development this year made losing C.J. McCollum not as tough as you thought it would be. This young kid is ready to, to step on center stage, and he, he's going to be a young star in this league. And next up, we got Colin Sexton. The Cavs at the Clippers is the game we're going to watch here. Sexton will rise up, and he's going to flush it on Nick Batum. Oof, 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 oof. Tough. Very un love his energy, as the athleticism. Does he fit with this Cavs team, though? It'll be interesting to see where he'll be next season. And, of course, we mentioned there's a look right there. I had the same look, basically, when that went down. And we mentioned DeAndre Ayton earlier. But let's, let's bring in Wendy here. Wendy, who are you most interested in that group? 
Let's take a, a look at Miles Bridges. He's not being offered, from what I am told, a max contract by the Charlotte Hornets right now. So he's going to go out into the marketplace starting on Thursday, Friday, and see if he can get that see offer from somewhere else. Later. So we're going to find out.